Just look at this studio filled with fabulous prizes. Ooh. All waiting to be won on Score North's... Pick your prize! Behind door number one is a $10,000 gift card to Chanhassen Dinner Theaters for shows, concerts, food, and beverage. Ooh. Door number two has $10,000 in home improvements for your kitchen, bathroom, windows, and more from Minnesota Rusco and Companies. Ah. And behind door number three, LASIK eye procedure from Dr. Lovanoff at Ovo LASIK and Lens. And a fantastic vacation. No surprise zoinks. What you want, you pick. 14 prizes in all, each valued at $10,000. Sign up for Score North's Pick Your Prize. You can register daily through the Score North app or go to scorenorth.com keyword prize. Sweepstakes begins March 18th. Special thanks to our prize partners. Ricky Rubio is a guy that has built for himself a reputation in his last couple stops of doing whatever you need, making your team better, often coming off the bench as a point guard and, and, and being a force for your basketball team. He helped Utah be a markedly better team. He helped that Suns team last year, especially at the end of the year, be a markedly better team. I think this is Minnesota looking around and saying, what can we do and who can we get to try and make that extra push to be what we think we finally are this year, and that's a playoff team been four years since I've been able to do this, so boys used to do this on the old Roycey and Mackey show. Ricky Rubio! Oh, I bet Roycey oh, loved that. Felt so good. <laughs> I bet right, but that was a hit with Roycey. So good. He's back. He overshadows the number one overall pick. We'll talk about Wolves draft night. Uh, we'll get our friend Darren Doogie Wolfson in for some uh, inside information about the Wolves and our Minnesota sports teams. But a quick shout-out to Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Federated's been helping business owners for over 100 years in the state of Minnesota. They throw behind-the-back passes, between-the-legs, no-look passes to business owners with great accuracy, I might add. They're great leaders. They're great team builders. All those things are true about Federated Insurance and Ricky Rubio. Um, and they're always putting community first as well. They've donated 18,000 N95 respirator masks to uh, Owatonna Hospital. So check out the good things that Federated's doing for business owners and for the community at federatedinsurance.com. And remember, at Federated, it's always our business to protect yours. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. With the first pick in the 2020 NBA Draft, the Minnesota Timberwolves select Anthony Edwards from the University of Georgia. I feel like I'm going to fit perfect with those guys because I know uh, Russell likes to play off the ball sometimes, and I can play on the ball. When he wants to play on the ball, I can play off the ball. And Cat is the best uh three-point shooting big man in the league. So I feel like we can't go wrong with that. A lot of pick and pops, even pick and rolls as such. Welcome to the show. Mackie and Judd. Wow. lot to recap. We're going to get to Doogie early on here from 5 Eyewitness News and also from the Scoop podcast. Mm-hmm. But for you, what what's the is, the is the headline that they drafted Anthony Edwards number one overall? Or is the headline that they traded for Ricky Rubio last night? The headline itself is not even close. Like, down the road, this might completely change. Uh, the reacquisition hmm. of a guy I consider to be on a second level of fan f- favorites, right? Because he's, like, like, he's not Moss. Yeah. He's not Moss. He's not KG. He's not Tory. Uh, but he was definitely, I think, if not loved for a while, close to it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this, to me, without, as we sit here on Thursday, there is no competition. They took the top overall pick. It might work out. It might not. I don't know. But if you want if you want Phil Mackey um, fan enthusiasm, right? If you want people, as Moss said back in 2010, in this case, getting their number nine jerseys out of their closet to wear them again someday when fans can return uh, to Wolves games. Ricky Rubio and the reacquisition of him from OKC last night is headline, I think, one, two, and three. And everything else sort of falls <laughs> in amazing. behind that. And, and I really that. don't doubt that. It's amazing. We the, love the, guys coming home. The Wolves had the number one overall pick last night. And obviously, like if they had made a blockbuster 
you know, for you know Russell Westbrook or something like oh, that. Sure. But you would have probably had to to use the number one pick. So sure. so they drafted number one overall, and then making a trade that did not involve the number one overall pick, they do something that completely overshadows the number one overall pick. And I just want to start because you and I have done a show together for almost seven years now. And so we, you know, Rubio's been gone for three seasons, I want to say. Yeah, I think uh, four years June ago. of 2017, he was traded to the uh, Suns. So three and a half years ago. Or Jazz, I'm sorry. And I think as we may find out in old tweets exposed today, Declan was doing some some digging on Ricky Rubio tweets. I was There's not a lot. I was not a big fan of Rubio at the end of his Timberwolves run. Yeah, yeah because, it was it was sort of uh, uh, cousins esque of you. You soured because he couldn't shoot. It wasn't quite like Andrew Wiggins level. Of it, no, 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 no. And I, I don't, I don't think you're. I don't think you're as tough. To be fair to you, I don't think you are necessarily as consistently as tough on cousins either. I think we, Wiggy was his own class. Like you destroyed him, and he deserved it. And I didn't feel like I didn't feel like you destroyed Ricky on a consistent basis. His shooting definitely bothered you. So I, I think so. Just I, if I remember correctly, and we'll hey, we'll, we'll, we'll pull the tweets later in the show. If yeah, I remember tweets. correctly, love it. I was I was more mad because when when the notion of trading Rubio sort of popped up, and this is by the way when the Golden State Warriors were in a dynasty run, shooting threes, and the Wolves had this antiquated offense led by a point guard that you could just like. You could just sag back in the fourth quarter and let him clank jump shots, and they and they lost a bunch of games in the fourth quarter during the Ricky Rubio run as point guard. And my frustration was more the people that thought it was sacrilege to consider trading a can't shoot point guard, and and so my frustration was less like Rubio has always been a leader, he's always been a great human being, and my frustration was more like yeah, great guys, he's like the 16th best point guard in the league. What if they can if they can get you know an offense forward point guard in Jeff Teague? I'm for it. I'm here for it. Um, so there are three reasons why I, before we get to Doogie here, why I love this move. We can we can flesh these out later on, and we can talk about Doogie. But number one, he's a better player now than he was five years ago. He's a better shooter. One of his big things, he couldn't convert at the rim. Like he he would miss layups on a regular basis. Yep. He's he's still not amazing at the rim, but he's better at the rim. He's better from long distance. Yep. Uh, I think. He's more comfortable in his role as a complimentary player now. There's just less pressure. Like, his career is what it is, and he's comfortable with it, right? Number two, he elevates star players. I texted you this stat last night, Judd, and this thing's this thing's kind of gone bonkers on Twitter since I posted this last night. In terms of net points, so plus-minus net points, the teammate that elevated Devin Booker the most in Phoenix last year, of all the teammate pairings on the court, mm-hmm. Ricky Rubio. They were a plus 219 last year as a combo. Interesting. Two years in Utah when Donovan Mitchell was on the court with Ricky Rubio. They were plus 500 as a combo. So he elevates star players. And maybe he can do that with Anthony Edwards. Maybe he can do it with D'Lo. And number three, he's a leader and he's mature. And when you have a team full of like 23-year-olds and a 19-year-old, you need a leader who's mature, who's been around. And so like my opinion on this would have been far different four years ago. I sure. love I love this move, Judd. He also, yeah, because he comes back now, expectations are completely different. He came here in uh, 2011 after being the fifth pick in the 2009 draft at the age of 21, basically expected to be part of the savior package, right? Like he's going to save the Wolves and they're finally going to make the playoffs again and he's going to be exciting and it's going to be great. And that, and he, he played six years here and that did not um, happen. He comes back now at 30. He comes back, I think. I think the thing, too, is we have no illusions about him. So it's not like he comes back and we're like, well, you've completely fixed your shot, right? No. I think it's improved, but it's also not, oh, my God, he can't shoot, and this is a huge problem. Um, it strikes me that that Flip loved this kid a lot, right? Tibbs didn't. Ryan does. And I think what I think what Ricky can provide this franchise now, which would be a very important thing, is probably a certain amount of stability. And remember, too, the most important thing to me is this. And you can tell me, well, I don't like this, Judd, and I don't disagree, but it's the truth. It's 2020, and we have now seen who can help guys like Cat, right? Like if you bring in the alpha, Jimmy Butler, hey, Jimmy Butler's going to, it doesn't work. So Ricky to me is certainly not Butler, but he's a, 30-year-old veteran player who's been around, who can stabilize. And chemistry in sports, as much as we try and fight this at times, what takes place in 
the room, what takes place off the court or off the ice or off the field is incredibly important. And so if you're putting this um, project together and trying to bring stability and guys who, who can lead, you can't just say, this guy's an alpha and he's going to lead things because guys like Cat don't respond to it. So I do think that there is both a strategy in this acquisition, Phil, that applies to on the court, but also off the court. Let's get Dugues in here. Our friend Darren Doogie Wolfson, Five Eyewitness News and the Scoop Podcast. And by the way, uh, if you're if you're checking us out, Mackie and Judd, either on Score North Radio or if you're checking us out uh, on our podcast feed, Apple, Spotify, ScoreNorth.com, we also have a new YouTube channel, youtube.com slash ScoreNorthMN. It's our second YouTube channel. The other one is our Viking-centric channel, youtube.com slash Podcast. So quick plug for those. Doogie, who would have thought that the Wolves would have hung on to the number one pick Drafted Anthony Edwards, and then the trade that they make later is the thing that steals headlines times 10. Ricky Rubio. Good morning, gentlemen. Always appreciate your time. Quick on-air production meeting. I need to hop on a call with Tom Crean, Anthony Edwards' college coach, in about 25 minutes. I don't know how long you were planning on going. Can I piggyback before we get to that exact point, Phil? Can I piggyback on something Judd just said? Mm -hmm. I think for this franchise to take the next step, they are eventually going to have to coach Carl Anthony Towns incredibly hard. That's on Ryan Saunders at some point. I think at some point, somebody is going to have to hold him incredibly accountable. Jimmy Butler tried. That didn't work. It's not going to be Ricky. I think Ricky was brought in for, for myriad reasons in terms of his leadership qualities. But I don't think it's going to be Ricky who holds Cat accountable. But I'm just saying, if, if you're a Wolves fan and you think this franchise – has a chance in the next couple of years to crack the top eight in the Western Conference, make a playoff run, not get to the point of of Cat possibly asking out. I think somebody is going to have to hold him accountable. I can just tell you this, because this is the scoop session. They had all sorts of interest in P.J. Tucker. They had conversations with Houston. They tried to acquire P.J. Tucker. It's not like it was Ricky Rubio or Bust. They casted a pretty wide net on on myriad, you know, scenarios. And and P.J. Tucker was one of those. I think P.J. Tucker would have been an incredible fit. I'm not suggesting that that's completely off the table. I just don't know if I see the match now. I think, you know, pick 17, you know, some of the pieces that the Wolves had before the, the Rubio transaction, maybe something could have worked with Houston. I'm not to the point yet that Houston is ready to trade P.J. Tucker. Maybe Houston really is willing to try this thing out for a little bit with Harden, with Westbrook, <laughs> retaining Tucker some other pieces that they have. But I'm just telling you, I think at some point, somebody is going to have to hold Carl Anthony Towns accountable. On Rubio, I can just turn a quick corner, Phil. On Rubio, you're right. That is the headline. How is it not the headline? I went back and forth with somebody with the Wolves this morning. I am told, and I'll buy it, right? Journalism 101, why is this person lying to me? But I'll buy it, that this was not a PR move. And why I buy that is that that they're not going to have fans for the foreseeable future. We don't know when fans will be back in Target Center. So they don't have to worry about, even though it's an issue, a big issue, they don't need to worry about right now selling tickets. That that analytically, they dug deep on the Ricky Rubio analytics, that they really like the analytics. It does help that Ryan has a really good relationship with him. If you talk to the people in Phoenix last year, Monty Williams, they will speak glowingly of Ricky. It's not like Phoenix was looking to move Ricky. Phoenix just looked at it and said, okay, we're in a a comparable situation like Minnesota where we have this superstar in Devin Booker. We have him under contract for four years. We need to take the next step. Let's go make this move for Chris Paul. Mm -hmm. And the path to Chris Paul entailed, you know, part of that package going to OKC was Rubio. But I can just tell you, Phoenix was not openly looking to move Ricky Rubio. You talk to Monty Williams, others in Phoenix, they will tell you a lot of good things about Rubio on the court off the court from last season. Sam Mitchell is another guy who loves Ricky Rubio. So you mentioned Judd Tibbs, not a Rubio guy, but yeah, Flip, Ryan, don't forget about Sam Mitchell. Sam Mitchell thinks the world of Ricky. He makes, and I I outlined the the, the statistics on Twitter last night and at the top of the show, he makes young star players better. He, I mean, he is, if you look at some of the numbers and just some of the on off the court numbers and the plus minus numbers and lineup combinations, what he did for Devin Booker last year is is more than any teammate did in terms of plus minus net, you know net point plus minus and the same for Donovan Mitchell in Utah a couple of years ago so that that bodes well for D'Angelo Russell and for Anthony Edwards and Doogie my question on Anthony Edwards for you well let me stop you there real quick Phil especially at the end of games like I can see a scenario 
I don't say this loosely. I can see a scenario where Rubio actually comes off the bench, that, that he's not in the starting lineup, but Rubio is going to finish games. So think about end-of-game lineup. You will have Rubio facilitating, setting up D'Angelo Russell. So it falls in line with, with what you're laying about, about Rubio helping Devin Booker. Look for end-of-game situations where Rubio helps D'Angelo yeah. Russell. So on Anthony Edwards, you know, if you just do some, it's, it's what we talked about yesterday. James Wiseman wasn't going to be the pick because he didn't want to be here and he wasn't sharing medical information. Uh, LaMelo Ball just didn't make sense to me. I just like, he can't really shoot that well and he doesn't play great defense, high maintenance dad. Uh, it just didn't, it just didn't seem like a fit from the get go. There were tons of reports that they were trying to trade out of the number one. Did they pick Anthony Edwards because they felt like they had to or? Are, are we to take them at face value when they said he was head and shoulders above everyone else and it was just a no-brainer? Well, I don't know if I take them completely at face value because they didn't have the full book on James Wiseman. I'll continue to be on record that, to me, Wiseman has the highest ceiling of any prospect in this draft. So I feel like Golden State had a fantastic night last night that if I were the well, Wolves, up, uh, I would have maybe found uh, a way. About Clay Thompson? I would have maybe Clay, found Clay a Thompson's way. Clay Thompson's Achilles don't, begs don't, to differ. Don't go play pickup games, Clay. <laughs> No, no you're more right. pickup in games. Of, in, in, you know, in, in regards to what happened via the draft, you're right about, about Clay. They still have that, that $17 million trade exception. They have the mid-level. Their ownership group is willing to go deep into the luxury tax. So they still have a chance. I still think Golden State, even if Clay Thompson is out for the year with, with a torn Achilles, I still think Golden State jumps into the top eight. So when talking about who comes out of the top eight, who jumps, Oklahoma City comes out of the top eight from this past season, Golden State jumps up. Maybe Houston, if they start making some trades, comes out. Maybe Phoenix jumps up. That's where it's going to be tough for the Wolves this this next season to, to crack the top eight. I just think there could have been a way. Like in New Orleans for a little bit, Boogie Cousins and Anthony Davis played together. But I understand. It's easy for me to say that. You're right, Phil. It's a point I've, I've brought up a bunch, that the Wolves tried to get to Miami where Wiseman was training. They tried to get some face time. They wanted to get the medical book on him. It just it never happened. So I think it was it was a really tough pick for them. But I also think when they went out to Malibu, they went out for this sushi dinner. They sat down with Anthony Edwards. They talked to him for hours upon hours. They feel like they got all the answers. They talked to Tom Crean. They talked to his trainer. They talked to other people that know Anthony well. That they feel like they have everything that they need to be you know concerned about answered. And they need to have the right support system in place, though. I mean, it's not just Rubio, right? I mean, I still think another vet would help. But I think his ceiling is is pretty darn high. Maybe it's not, in my mind, as high as Wiseman's. But, like, to me, with, with Anthony Edwards, ceiling is, is Bradley Beal. I think, I think he's got a chance to be that good. Now, the floor, you want to know the floor? Yeah, what's the floor? Yeah, give me the it's, floor. It's, it's Dion Waiters. I mean, there's, there's a wide gap there. And truth be told... The answer probably will be somewhere in the middle, right? That, that he's a good player, but maybe not a great player, player. Maybe he turns out to be, you know, Wolves fans don't want to hear this probably, but I don't think he got enough credit here. Andrew Wiggins, right? Andrew Wiggins was the rookie of the year. Played for, what, four coaches here. Did enough to earn a max contract, even though if, 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 if that's the system that, that kind of lends itself to, to that inevitably taking place. But but what if Anthony Edwards just ends up as a good player? He was given a max know, contract and, for no good right. reason. Come on. Um, hey, Dukes, what, what's the expectation now and what's next? Be, because I'm curious what uh, what the Wolves think of themselves as far as contending uh, in the coming year when, as you talked about, the Western Conference is still stacked. Well, I mean, who's going to defend? Who's going to rebound, right? James Johnson, this hasn't been reported yet. James Johnson is heading to Oklahoma City. So, that full transaction will include James Johnson's oh, okay. contract to make the money work. So James Johnson mm. won't be here. So when you think about toughness and defense and maybe holding Cat accountable, that won't be, unfortunately, James Johnson. I see them re-signing Juancho Hernan Gomez. He's a restricted free agent, but is he your starting power forward? Don't sleep on Jared Vanderbilt, who they brought in last year in the Denver trade, former McDonald's All-American. Ended up slipping to the second round after one year at Kentucky. But but I've heard a lot of good things about him. He dominated the G League. So I think he's ready for some NBA minutes. But is Jared Vanderbilt your starting power forward? Probably not. So I think you need to go find a starting power forward. I mean, you know, do you have a chance to go sign a guy like 
and this may not wow Wolves fans, but somebody like Rondé Hollis Jefferson. You know, I mean, is there somebody out there? Is there somebody you can acquire via trade? It's not like they're married to Josh Okoge or Jared Culver or some of these other guys. Is there another trade out there where you can bring in some toughness and some rebounding at the four position? On Malik Beasley, I still see a path where where he's back. Now, does he end up signing the qualifying offer and then hits unrestricted free agency in a year? Or do they work out a multi-year deal? That remains to be seen. He's in court today, right? Yeah, I'm just still waking up here. But November 19th, he's supposed to be in court at some point today. So we still need to see what takes place on on the legal front with Beasley, but I still see a path where where Beasley is back. So Beasley, Hernan Gomez, they do have some interest in retaining uh, third point guard Jordan McLaughlin, who ended up heck starting for them last year. But with Rubio here, with Russell, McLaughlin could be more like a third point guard, but he's a restricted free agent. So they're still trying on some things. This roster is is far from complete. Uh, Doogie, what about what do you know about the uh, the the two other first round picks, Leandro Balmero uh, and and Jaden McDaniel's? There's not a whole lot to be. I mean, there's some YouTube scouting videos of Leandro Balmero, and he's a six foot seven, pretty versatile wing player who can handle the ball a little bit. Uh, and Jaden McDaniel's at one point, Jaden McDaniel's coming out of high school, and he went to Washington. He was regarded as a future top ten lottery pick who who. So maybe the Wolves are getting someone here as a potential steal late in the first round. Six foot nine can play a couple different positions, but what do you know about those two guys and anybody else that they were maybe interested in? I'll go backwards there. So on McDaniel's, my understanding is he was in play if they had stayed at pick seventeen. That's how much they thought of of Jaden McDaniel's. I know Rosas made a trip out to Seattle at one point, stopped in on a Washington practice. Rosas had had the book on on McDaniel's, but there are some alarming numbers. He led the Pac-12 in personal fouls. He led the Pac-12, or was up there in technical fouls last year. So there's some there's some attitude concerns. He didn't start. It's not like Washington had a great team. He didn't start games at the end of the year. So you have to wonder why he was he was thrown, you know, to the bench, not into the starting lineup. But then there were games. You look at the game he played against Zeke Naji in Arizona late in the season, and he was phenomenal. To me, great lottery ticket at pick 28. Maybe it doesn't pan out, but at pick 28, swing for the fences. So I think there's there's potential there. On Bolmaro, so I was texting with, with a Western Conference front office official that I know. He makes a couple trips over to Europe per year. So he has seen Bolmaro in person. His text back to me, freaking stud. He loves Bolmaro. <laughs> I talked to Jason Phillippe last night, former European scout for the Pistons and the Blazers. He works for Babcock Hoops. I did a Zoom interview with Jason. Jason really likes him. Jason has seen him in person. He couldn't recall. I talked to him. It was 5 a.m. Italy time, so he was he was groggy. He couldn't recall if it was five or six times, but he's seen Balmaro in person minimum five times, thinks he can play on the ball, off the ball. He's going to stay in Barcelona for another year. So when we talk about the Wolves in all likelihood not having their first-round pick in a year, they could frame it that Leandro Balmaro is like their 2021 First round pick. The buyout is is reasonable that he could be over here in a year. So the feedback I've gotten from two people I I respect a ton is is very positive. They signed a point guard from Kentucky, Ashton Hagens, who I think ceiling wise, Patrick Beverly. Now again, a lot of work to get to that point, but but he's a defensive whiz. But he butted heads with Calipari in Lexington. There were some red flags there. That's why he did not get drafted. But but I think there's there's some potential there. They did try on the Kansas point guard. That was a surprise. Dotson, that went undrafted, but he ended up with the Chicago Bulls. But I know the Wolves tried on him. They have some interest in a kid from Seton Hall, Miles Powell. I don't know if that would be a two-way contract or an Exhibit 10, but but he's a name to keep an eye on. So, Dukes, what is the next move now as we start the next process? What do you think the Wolves' next move is? Well, I think it's Hernan Gomez. I mean, I think that'll be the first domino to fall. I think soon thereafter, Beasley, potentially McLaughlin, and then looking for a power forward, you know. And and I know that they're not married to, to, you know, specific positions, that they love position flexibility, guys that can guard multiple positions. But I think you need to look at some some big forwards that are available, not necessarily in the free agent market. There's not many. I mentioned Hollis Jefferson. You know, Christian Wood is somebody. He was really good for Detroit, 25 years old, so fits their timeline. I don't know, though, if you can get him for the mid-level. It might take more than the mid-level, but but Rosas in Houston tried to get him a couple times down there. So that would be a name to keep an eye on. But again, 
I think he'll have multiple mid-level options. Minnesota is not a free agent destination. So if you're Christian Wood, would you choose to come here to Minnesota over somewhere else? I mean, that would be a slippery slope. I'm not saying no chance, but but I just think with the options he'll have that he probably ends up elsewhere, might even re-sign in Detroit. But but I would look at at some of those forwards that are available, and I imagine they'll continue to talk to Houston. Like, I don't think you just stop that that dialogue about P.J. Tucker. And we know that Aaron Gordon is on their radar, that Gordon would be a phenomenal fit next to Carl Anthony Towns. Of all the realistic options that fit next to Cat, I can make a case that Aaron Gordon is the best guy available. Hmm. I don't know what, what a trade would look like there. You look at what Covington fetched Houston from Portland, multiple first-round picks. I think Gordon is better than Covington. So I think if, if you're trading for Gordon, you know where the bar is set now on, on a transaction like that. It's, it's multiple first-round picks or multiple really good you know young pieces or, or guys that at least have a chance. It might be three young pieces. Maybe it's two picks and, and one piece. Maybe one pick has, has some protection. But, but those are certainly names that, that I would keep an eye on. Doogie, so the Timberwolves are sort of just, you know, they're, they're, you know, they're looking at the Western Conference now and it's loaded and, and, and they've got this built-in cushion last year and this year for sure where it's like, all right, it's, it's all about cultivation and young players and, and just putting together this blueprint and seeing what works and what doesn't, right? They're just in experimental mode here as they, as they tear it down last year and build it back up over the past 12 months. When does the accountability clock start for this franchise, for Gerson, for Ryan, and and for these young players? I think it starts the second that the new owner comes in, Phil. And my sense is that that is inching closer and closer to becoming a reality. I wouldn't sleep on the estate tax angle with the Biden administration taking over, especially if the Democrats end up with control of the Senate, depending on what takes place in, in the state of Georgia with those two seats that that are open right now. But I think there are there are a lot of reasons for Glenn Taylor to complete a transaction before the Biden administration takes over. So I think the second the new owner comes in, I don't know who it is. You know, I, I told I, I'm told there's 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 an exclusive negotiating window, maybe with one group right now, but then there's another group poking around. I don't know who it's going to be, but I think in terms of accountability, Phil, as soon as that new owner comes in, I mean, the accountability clock is is ticking, right? I mean, what if the new owner wants to bring in his own coach, right? right? The yes. owner wants to bring in his his own, you know, president of operations. Now, Glenn Taylor is working incredibly hard to protect his guys. His guys are Ryan Saunders, Gerson Rosas, Ryan Tanky, Ethan Casson. You know, so Glenn may end up retaining, who knows, up to 40% or 20%. But Glenn, the headline is Glenn is not going to be the majority owner at some point here in the near future, just the way this thing is trending. So to me... The clock ticks the second that, that the paperwork is, is signed. But, but realistically speaking, Phil, they deserve a little bit of leeway in terms of time. That, that I think if, if we see tangible progress this next season, let's say the Wolves are good enough to end up as, as the 10 seed, right? Nine and 10 seeds will now play. It'll be that play-in tournament, 7, 8, 9, 10. To me, that's a realistic goal. Find a way to crack the top 10, seed 9, seed 10, compete for a playoff spot at the end of the season. Hey Dukes, if I'm going to buy the Wolves from Glenn for what four billion, five billion, something ridiculous, two billion? No, it's, no, two, no, it's no, like no. two billion, right? Two billion? No, less than that. It'll be less than that. Okay, it's actually going to be less than what than what Utah fetched, which was around one six six. It'll be depending again on on how much Glenn retains, but I think it'll be in that in that one three to one four window. The point is this: there's only so many clauses I'm going to sign. So, so like, okay, I can't move for three years. Uh, okay, I'll sign it. But, like, if you're like, and I want to protect Gerson, no. So, like, at some point in time, Glenn, if you're going to sell, you, you have to sell, and it's going to roll the dice with your buddies who might be, be gone. Um, but I'm not going to sign five clauses that I'm going to keep Ryan and Gerson and keep the team here, and then I'm not going to trade this guy because you like that, you know. So, I mean, Glenn, if Glenn's going to pull the trigger on this, he, he has to accept the fact that after the ineptitude that this poor franchise has had for a long time, the next person might come in and say, I'm going to tear down the arena because they should have in the first place. I'm going to hire my people, and we're going to find a way to win a damn championship. In Las Vegas. 
But, but I mean, you can't, you can't, you can't sell me the team for a huge price tag and then tell me, but you can't do this and you can't do that until two. No, I'm going to come in and do my thing. It's not like you won five championships. It just drives me crazy that there's like what this Wolves way. <laughs> the wolf, the wolf's on, way. Right? I mean, I know. Yeah, no, you're you're right, Judd and, and Phil. By the way, you mentioned Vegas. If, if Glenn wanted to fetch two billion or north of two billion, the team would be off to Vegas or or potentially somewhere else. But that Aflalo group, you know, they they certainly have some interest. I, I don't think they're in the mix anymore. But but there was some chatter about them having interest in in moving the team to Vegas. But Glenn is not going to allow that to happen. But Judd, you're right. If I'm paying, let's say I'm. I'm Jason Levian, or I'm Steve Kaplan, or I'm Daniel E. Strauss, and I'm I'm cutting this big fat check, and I'm now the majority owner. You're not telling me a damn thing about about decisions, right? Right. Like I paid you all that money, I will make the decisions I want to make. Now I will say this: I think Rosas and his front office are incredibly forward thinking. That there's enough body of work that I wouldn't be unless you've got you name the. The unbelievable executive, Jerry West, although Jerry is, what, like 80 years old now, the logo, he's just a consultant. But unless you've got this unbelievable executive in your back pocket, there's no way I'd be making a move on on the front office. But could I logically see maybe, you know, the, the coaching spot as much as I love Ryan, right? Like, if you have a path to, to getting a big-time coach, that might be a spot that I would keep an eye on. But But that's... That's, in some ways, reckless speculation if you want to play the sounder. But make no mistake, Judd, if I'm buying the team, you're damn right. I'm making whatever bleeping decision right. I want to make, regardless of what Glenn thinks. Reckless speculation. Dukes, give us, because I know you have to run and, and we have to run, so give us uh, like 60 seconds. Uh, four Minnesota basketball kids drafted in the first 41 picks last night. <laughs> give us some rapid-fire scoops on that and anything else in your bag. Wow. Yeah, and Freddie Gillespie, Easteridge High School, played in, in the Mayak for, for Carlton before going to Baylor. They probably got lost among the, the 90 million tweets I sent late last night. But at like 1 a.m., I, I got the scoop on, on him heading to the Dallas Mavericks. So he'll join Tyrell Terry with the Mavericks and in, in the Mavericks organization. He'll have to play in the G League, fight his way up. But Freddie Gillespie from, from St. Paul, from Easteridge High School, he'll have a chance to, to eventually earn some NBA minutes. I'm trying to think what else. Tomorrow night, Gophers, Purdue. I know the Vikings will have a scout there. A few teams will have scouts there. These Friday night games work really well for, for NFL scouts. Nothing really on the Twins. I will say that I saw the Buster Olney report about Jake Odorizzi having interest from the Blue Jays, the Giants, the Mets, and the Twins. There's some other teams, and, and I don't think that that foursome is is completely accurate from, from what I can gather. The Mets assuredly are, are checking in on almost every free agent. So, yeah, the Mets – is accurate. The Blue Jays have some money to spend. I'm not quite sure on, on the Giants' interest. And I'll just say this much. On the Twins, while the Twins have interest in retaining Odorizzi, there are at least five, if not six or seven teams that are more aggressive at this moment than the Twins are on the Odorizzi front. Interesting. Darren Doogie Wolfson, 5 Eyewitness News Sports Team and the Scoop Podcast, Apple, Spotify, and Scornorth.com. Inside information about your favorite Minnesota sports teams. Doogie, we'll talk next week, man. Great, great stuff, stuff, Doogie. Absolutely, and super happy for Zeke Naji. Great kid, great family. Pick 22 to Denver. Denver's got such a good front office. Yes. Wonderful spot for my guy, Zeke Naji. It also bodes well because Denver nails all their draft picks. It, it mm-hmm. bodes well that their, that their scouting radar said, yep, this kid can play. So. And he worked out for them last week in Vegas, so I'm positive he aced that workout. So I'm just I'm incredibly happy for all those guys. I spent some time yesterday with Daniel Oturu, him ending up with the Clippers with Amir Coffee. The way the Clippers, you know, helped develop Amir last year, I think the Clippers is a good spot for for Daniel. Then you think about Coach K and how tight he is with Pop, and and Coach K's guy Trey Jones ending up in San Antonio. So I think all the Minnesota guys ended up in really good spots. Yeah. Amen. All right, Doogie, see you, buddy. Thanks, all right, that's Darren Doogie Wolfson. Also, uh, so he brought up Juan Hernan Gomez, who the Wolves acquired last year. Movie star. Movie, movie star, star yeah. man. He's shooting right. film with he's Sandler, like, right? The summer. Yeah. I think he was with uh, Sandler. And he, he you know, he kind of, you know, he had a little uh, little breakout with the Timberwolves, 13, 14 points a game, uh, which was like double or triple his career average. And part of the reason why I'm high on a guy like that is because Denver drafted him 15th overall in 2016. And Denver. Denver's one of those teams right now. They're kind of like the Rays, you know. You know, they're not like a top top franchise, but but 
and they're not like a destination for free agents. But when they key in on a young player, it's like, oh, okay, that's they know what they're, they're doing. They're smart is what they are. And then the Wolves grabbed a young player from them. So uh, quick pause, and then let's come back and talk about Carl Anthony Towns, what this draft and night means for him, and accountability. We also have old tweets exposed, Ricky Rubio edition to get to yeah, before the, the show. The is Phil Mackey, Ricky Rubio edition. Oh, yeah. Nice. Okay, it's going to be great. With the 28th pick in the 2020 NBA Draft, the Los Angeles Lakers select Jaden McDaniels from the University of Washington. Second Husky to be chosen tonight as Jaden McDaniels from his home in Renton, Washington is selected. We told you eventually that's going to wind up in Minnesota. The Minnesota Timberwolves select Daniel Oturu from the University of Minnesota. So Daniel Oturu... In the 2020 NBA draft, the San Antonio Spurs select Trey Jones from Duke University. It's pretty pretty amazing. Just like we were just talking off microphone, 41 draft picks in the first uh, round and a half and four Minnesota kids in an international NBA draft. Just kind of shows you how far how far Minnesota youth basketball and oh high school basketball God, has come you? over the years. Oh, I mean, I. <laughs> I grew up in the 80s when, you know, you had guys like Bob Martin and Kevin Lynch and, you know, it was like, okay, this is fine. And now it's just star players. It so. is. Yeah, yeah. It, cha- it changed. When did it start to change? Chris Humphreys? Well, like, it started to change drastically, well, Chris Humphreys-ish? Joel Prisbilla was was big time. Um, I can't remember if Joel Prisbilla was a McDonald's All-American or not, but he, he obviously had like a 12-year NBA career. That's late and Chris, 90s, right? Yep. yep. And then Chris Humphreys comes along in the early 2000s and was a McDonald's All-American yeah. set to go to Duke. And then uh, he was probably told by Mike Krzyzewski, definitely come here. We're loaded. Um, we got J.J. Reddick. We got all these dudes. So you're probably not going to play. And then he decided, well, I'd rather just start and dominate and be a big fish in a small pond. I think that's the way that played out. But, yeah, then after that, but on the Gophers front, so Daniel Aturu is the first drafted Gophers basketball player since Chris Humphreys in 2004. Think about that for a second. 16 years, no drafted players. Amir Coffey wasn't drafted. Vincent Greer. People are like, what about Vincent Greer? He wasn't drafted. He went to Miami Heat training camp. (laughs) Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, so I guess credit to Richard Pitino for finally breaking that streak. But then some people look around and say, well, why didn't Pitino get some of these other guys that are NBA players? That's the thing about it. The in-state talent is so high now comparatively. Hey, uh, let's talk about Cat and something that Doogie said about Cat, and that's the fact that Cat at some point in time, I guess, is going to need to be coached hard and held accountable and that somebody's going to have to do this Mm -hmm. uh, for Cat to maximize his success. All right? I've got some thoughts on this one. This was attempted, not well, but it was attempted by Tibbs in some way when he got Butler, right? Like, Jimmy Butler was going to come in and show Wiggy and Cat the way, and this is how you work, and this is nose to the grindstone. We uh, we breathe basketball, we eat basketball, we sleep basketball, and then we wake up and play basketball. And it went over, pardon my French, like a fart in church. I mean, those guys were like, what? What's going on here? And look, I hold them accountable, too. But here's the... Here's the grand talking point that I'd like to discuss when it comes to Cat. And, Phil, this might fall into what you, I think, told Patrick yesterday on the show in saying that I think Cat might ultimately be a great two, but he'll never be an alpha one. I don't know what Doogie is talking about as far as there's going to be this switch that gets flipped at some point in time of holding Cat uh, accountable and coaching him hard, that that's going to work. Uh, the Ricky acquisition I sort of like because I do think it brings a veteran presence back here, and I think it brings a guy that Cat probably trusts back here, and I think that he can he can not be an alpha, but Ricky can solidify things in the room for for Cat and the younger players, and I think he can help there. But I am beginning to believe that there's not going to be this magic coach or magic player that comes in and gets in Cat's face, and Cat goes. Oh my God! You know what? It's Larry O'Brien Trophy time for me. Um, I don't think that happens. I don't think that changing people's personality is is necessarily possible unless they want to really badly. So I guess I sort of disagree with Dugs in the sense that I think if you get the next hard ass, I'm going to coach you up and you're going to do what I say. I don't think it's going to work with Cat. No, I, I agree with you. I don't. I don't think. First of all, Cat's an unbelievable player. 
he's the most skilled seven foot player that I've ever seen offensively. Um, and there's a lot of skilled. I mean, KG was an amazingly skilled. He couldn't shoot like Cat. I would take KG as an overall player, 10 times out of 10, over Cat. And the mindset of KG and sometimes the abrasive but good leadership of, of KG. Cat doesn't have the demeanor, the personality, the countenance of a star player. Like, you don't need to tell Tim Duncan, Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, LeBron James. Like, you don't need to tell those guys how important defense is. And you don't need to tell those guys to stop bitching at officials every other play when you don't get your own way. Those guys are locked in. Those guys are playing both ends of the court on a regular basis. And those guys, even early in their career, Kevin Garnett, are the ones that are teaching other players and showing other players what to do. And so while I think Carl Anthony Towns is a great asset to any NBA team, and he is one of the 15 to 20 best players in the NBA, despite the defensive deficiencies, I think he's destined because of some of the emotional intelligence issues. And he's like, he's just, he just doesn't have the same sort of killer leader mindset that the top players who win championships have. And you know what? That's okay. Like the the quicker that we all sort of come to that realization and the, and the Timberwolves included, the quicker that we can all get to the solution, which is you got to find someone or a group of players that can sort of rise above that. And, and whether it's finding an actual Batman and making him the Robin or whether it's like creating some sort of system where you have a bunch of rugged players sort of around him. Um, it's, I think it's dumb and probably short-sighted to say that he can't be a key figure on a championship team because he's super talented. But is he ever going to be the leader on a championship team? I don't think he can be with his personality. That's I, my two cents. I would cents. agree with that, yeah. And, and I think he's a, look, I, I think he's a highly intelligent thoughtful, smart person. And in some ways in sports, those things hurt you. Um, but I think I mean, we, Duncan was, but I think we also need to get past this whole, if you just find the right guy, I don't think the right guy exists because I think that you have to want to change and some people can't change. Um, but back to what you said, it would really be stupid to, to be like, well, if he can't be that guy, then I guess yeah. it's be, because look, in my opinion, Wiggins didn't and doesn't enjoy basketball. Okay which is a huge starting point problem. Like if you don't, if you basically say, this is my job and I'm getting paid a lot and I'm really, really good, but I don't care. Okay, it's done. You're not going to win a championship. I don't don't think unless you're like the eighth guy on the team. Like there's a lot of things going against you that I think have to be identified quickly. And the, quick, and the quicker that you are not given a max contract and that uh, the team severs ties and possibly get, gets something back for you in a trade, the better. But Cat's not that guy. Like, I think Cat likes basketball a lot. Um, so I think what we need to see the Wolves do here and what they probably are trying to do is settle on what's going to get the most from him. I mean, mm-hmm. D'Angelo Russell was obtained in part why? Because he's friends with Cat uh, because they can probably play off each other, at least offensively, very well. So I think the Wolves are probably on the right track here. But... I just think this whole conversation about there might be this magic elixir that comes in eventually. Look, Jimmy Butler's a great player. And Jimmy Butler probably went about things, or he did, the wrong way. But that experiment, too, needs to be a cautionary tale. So you're not going to bring in the next, you know, in three years, it's like, well, the next Butler is going to come down the pike and Cat's going to be 20, what, at that point? Six or seven, and it's going to change things. It's probably not. So what's going to get you to the point of putting a cat and this franchise in a position to succeed and maximize his capabilities without trying to be unrealistic about what's going to do that? Well, it's funny you mentioned Jimmy Butler because, you know what, the Miami Heat probably could have used in that series against the Lakers a ridiculously talented seven-footer that can step out, hit threes, and maybe go toe-to-toe a little bit with Anthony Davis. Um, Anthony Davis is another guy that probably is he's right on the border of being good enough to eventually be the number one player on a championship team. But um, I don't know if he's in that group of like four to six players that are talented enough on both ends of the court, defense included, and have the leadership abilities needed to be the guy on a team that wins a championship. Right now that list is, I mean, Steph Curry's on that list because it's been proven. Kevin Durant's on that list. LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard, I'm missing a couple. Is Durant for sure on that? Yeah, I mean, he's done it. 
with the Warriors. I'd be curious, but I'd be curious to see him do it in Brooklyn now. If he gets James Harden, if they trade for James Harden, Durant is the best player. James, I mean, Durant's a great player. Actually, I just, James Harden is a little bit similar. James Harden's like a better, um, I mean, they're different players in different positions, but James Harden's this amazing offensive player, but then like doesn't play enough defense, isn't a great leader. He's just kind of like, he's kind of a loner type personality, yep. right? Yep, very much. And so he probably, I mean, it was proven in Houston. Like they built that team around him and they knocked on the door for like three or four years and what, and they had some injury things and like Chris Paul got hurt one time. But I guess my grand point is at any given time, there's like four, five, or six players that are good enough on both ends of the court and have the leadership capabilities needed to just be the guy that carries a team. And you need talent around you and a good coach and things like that, too. And I don't know that Carl Anthony Towns will ever be in that exclusive group of four to five. I think Carl Anthony Towns can be in the next exclusive group, which is where Anthony Davis is right now, which is you're an amazing two. And and in the absence of a one, like you have to sort of build around that two and just push it as far as you can, which is what the Wolves are trying to do. Mm-hmm. But if he ever gets a chance, be it with the Wolves or somebody else, to play with a true one, think about that list now. LeBron, all oh, the guys I just mentioned, Kawhi. Yes, definitely. It it probably results in a championship. Yes. Kevin Kevin Love is like a lesser version of Carl Anthony Towns. He he was a three when he played for uh, with with LeBron James and, and Kyrie Irving. But I don't know. I it doesn't again. It doesn't mean like you got to get rid of him or anything like that. He's unbelievable. You should try to build around him as much as you can while looking for. And maybe Anthony Edwards. Maybe he reaches his peak upside and he becomes that one. I guess we'll find out. Likes football a lot. He does seem to like football. He really, lo- he really loves his football and rapping. Play he for the seems Vikings. To love rapping too. That's great. It's just what who, I want to hear out of my number one that? overall pick. Is it Troy Hudson. He did. did he like? He did. did he rap? Did he put out the rap record? Shut sh- yeah. sh- 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 him down. Okay. All right. See? It's a throwback. Yeah. Rubio, Troy Hudson guy. It's a throwback. Yeah. Maybe, you know what? Maybe if you're if you're Anthony Edwards' agent, you might want to tell your client, like, hey, pump the brakes on this I don't really like basketball stuff. Just, like, maybe keep that to yourself until until forever. It, it does. <laughs> don't ever say that. I'm sorry, but it concerns me. Like, that. Yeah, that me too. That thing, that can, I've seen, look. I don't think there's a worse starting point than I'm really good. I can make a lot of cash, but I really don't enjoy the sport that much. That to me is a really, really, it's dicey because it's, it's such a grind, right? Like college hoops is a grind, but you're done fairly quickly comparatively. 82 games, potential playoffs. That's a lot if you really don't love that sport, man. Yeah, and, I mean, and Kobe and, Bryant was finding gyms and buses, right? Like he would have the guy driving the bus pull over in front of a gym so he could go work out. And making a bunch of money doesn't like make you love the sport more. It probably makes you resent it more because yeah, now I you're agree. trapped and you're locked in. Imagine being Andrew Wiggins, man. You got 150 million dollars in the bank and you hate your life. But you know what? <laughs> you looked the owner in the eye, square right. in the eye, and you told yeah. him, Glenn, I'm. Devoted to this. I took issue with what Doogie said too. He's like, listen, he was rookie of the year and he earned a max contract. He he received <laughs> well, that's received what I got a max. Contract. I cut him off. I couldn't take it. In fact, the dumbest thing that the Wolves did during that era was they could have let him become a restricted free. That's what restricted free agency is for. Yes, the NBA has a mechanism built <laughs> so in true. where if you don't feel like you're ready to give a guy, you're not ready to get married for a max contract. And you kind of reach a stalemate. All right, let's let the market decide. You go hit restricted free agency. We will have the ability to match any contract. Nobody was giving that dude thirty million dollars. So if this doesn't work out with Anthony Edwards in like three or four years, resist the urge for a dumb max contract. That's that's what I will say for for two thousand twenty four. Uh, before we get to old tweets exposed, Judd, you have an impromptu pecking order here. Yes, I do. A little bonus pecking yes, order. Yes, I, I do. Are you actually ranking these? In on, well, I tried here, but I, I don't know what the spe- specifications of the rankings should be. Well, Ricky Rubio is making his return to right, homecoming. Right, but I was like, I ranked them based on impact somewhat, but I also did, did it based on, on how they did once they got back. I came up with a list of, not 10, but nine athletes who were essentially stars or at least very good in this town who returned to either the Vikings, the Twins, uh, the Wolves, or the North Stars. Okay, let's let's start. Yeah, for sure, for sure. All right, I will start at the bottom, which is number nine. uh, Number nine. Magic number. 
Chris Dolman. I like it. Defensive end for the Vikings from 85 to 93, returned for the 1999 season. 96 and a half career sacks as a Viking. Second all-time to John Randall on the Vikings list. Chris Dolman is number nine. Number eight, um, he played a lot, but I don't know that the impact ultimately was that great upon his return. Uh, Brad Johnson, here from 94 to 98, traded to Washington in what became the Dante Culpepper trade. Returned, of course, uh, uh, as the backup uh, to Culpepper in 2005. Took over after Culpepper got hurt and opened uh, 2006 with Brad Childress as his head coach as the starting quarterback. Brad Johnson. Had his Super Bowl ring in between stops with the Buccaneers, right? He did indeed. Number seven, Bobby Smith. Top pick overall by the North Stars in the 1978 draft and rookie of the year. Played here into the 83-84 season. Traded to Montreal. Returned in 1990. Actually was a member at uh, in his two stints of the North Stars Stanley Cup Finals teams. Played on both of those teams. Um, he, he, wa- he was basically the Kemp's Ice Cream, uh, Joe Maurer, Vanilla, Milk Toast, really good player before Joe. Bobby Smith at number seven. Number six, our friend, Roy Smalley. Played here, uh, came over from Texas in the uh, Blight Levin trade in 1976. Played here to 82, was traded early, I think four games into the 82 season. Uh, then returned in 85 after a stint with the Yankees and the White Sox. And played through the 1987 World Series championship season. Roy Smalley, number six. I like it. Number five, the impact upon return was very low, but the impact of the return was fantastic, at least initially. Randy Moss. Yeah, and that that was uh, 10 years ago on November 1st. So we just crossed the 10-year anniversary oh. of him being released. Uh, be, being released, I should say. Okay, yeah. So, But anyway, pull out your 84 jerseys. I'm back. Um, we all thought it was going to be just this great. And, and the initial scene was great, but after that, it was just a disaster. Randy Moss is number five. Number four, uh, again, it didn't go well, but the return was probably among the best that we've seen in this town just for at least one night. KG. Yeah. The game against Washington uh, here that Phil and I watched down in Fort Myers at spring training you could tell that building was so electric that night, and he didn't score a ton of points. The Wolves, I think, won by 20. but that They were, they were down by like 15 or something uh, early, too. That was so much fun, and it went, it went so wrong, but KG <laughs> coming back is number four on my list. Number three, Torrey Hunter. Came yeah. back in 2015. Twins had a good year. Uh, retired right after that. That was really smooth. Comparatively, that was super smooth. Yeah. Came he, back, he's great. didn't go, didn't go wrong though. The poleheads didn't tick him off, or vice versa. That's number three. Number two because it worked out so well, and this guy actually played a huge role in the '87 World Series championship. Bert Blalevin, nineteen seventy to nineteen seventy six, played here. Uh, returned from Cleveland in a trade during the '85 season, which was actually a very substantial trade. Sent a big time prospect by the name of Jay Bell to Cleveland. Uh, won a World Series in '87. I think he pitched here through '88 and then left. But he is number two. And then number one, obvious one, Fran Tarkington. Played here from 61 to 66, traded to the Giants. Returned in a trade with the Giants in uh, 1972. Played through 1978 and uh, led the Vikings, unfortunately, all defeats to three Super Bowls. I like it, man. What a list. There's a lot of guys, a lot of high-profile guys that have come back here. And we love it. We love a return. How about Brett Favre returning for the 2010 season? Do we count that after he retired? No, 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 no. We don't include Brett. <laughs> Brett can go back to the Packers. That's fine. So have the have the Vikings done anything like since he left in 2010? Have the Vikings done anything to like celebrate him or the 2009 season? Like he, it was just a quick, <laughs> no, it was kidding? it was a fling, and then that was it, right? I think 2010 was so bad that basically it sullied 2009. I don't know. It, I, I, it left its stench on 2009. I guess I don't know what you would celebrate, a division title? Like, you can't celebrate a Too many to men in the huddle? Let's bring Tahi back and re and recreate him being the extra man. <laughs> he's just he's in his dress in the shirt, huddle. just like, eh. Hey, Tahi, run out there. See what happens. <laughs> no love for Andrew Burnett, Chad? No. No, God bless him. The Todd Richards there? No, Great, uh, no, no, no. There is. You know what? You know what? The one thing that's crystal clear. The Wilds' actual impact of, like, potentially great players 
is so small. I don't even think there is a. I think Gabrick. I think Marion Gabrick is really the only what you would consider to be probably uh, potentially at least. A superstar. Yeah, I mean, Miko Koiva was just like a good workman-like a player worker. for yeah. 12 years or something. But, I mean, right? think about it. Like, who who is the great wing in Wild? Oh, man, think about the 50-goal season. Well, who is it? Yeah, Zucker scored 27 goals once. Yeah. Don't get he me in trouble. I don't need to get in any more trouble with the, uh, <laughs> the, the Zucker family than I already am, okay? All right. Maybe you can make a make an appearance on her show sometime. Yeah, maybe. Talk about all the community work mm-hmm. you're doing. I'm booked. You and Stella. Let's get to some old tweets exposed. This is where Declan oh, where to begin? goes back into the this archives. Judd and I have been tweeting since 2009. <laughs> I got a feeling this is all Mackie, and I'm going to really enjoy it. It's this. a lot of Phil Mackie. That's good. That's perfect. All right. Hit me with well, it. Well, first off, we're going to go in chronological order. I can explain. <laughs> so we're going to start actually right after the 2009 draft night. Oh, nice. Okay. I remember where I was on draft night. Two I solid was... players. Rubio and Flynn. Let's, Let's play. play. Oh, I love how I stole the Paul Allen. You were, yeah, 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 2009. You're this clearly, influ- you're clearly weekly, influenced. K fan Phil. We, weekly appear, <laughs> weekly this appearances. Is Phil. <laughs> I was every Wednesday. Every Wednesday on the, uh, the old Duckies and Bunnies show. Let's, Let's play. Let's play. <laughs> Listen. All right. They were both both great at that point in their in their uh, hey, amateur I'm not, careers. I'm just saying. I just like how you took the. So I, I do remember. See, I, I was at uh, Jordan Bianchi's house. We were we were gathered around downstairs watching the draft, ordered some food, couple cocktails in, mm-hmm. and I remember the Steph Curry thing coming up. Like like all of us were. I can't remember who was all there, but I think Doogie might have been there. It's like all right, um, Steph Steph Curry's probably going to be a good shooter, but like you know you whatever. Like he's too undersized. I remember that being a discussion. So couldn't have been all right. more wrong there. This is the next one from 2014. Two dudes I'd love to see play with Ricky Rubio and Kevin Love. Nick Stauskas? Stauskas. Stauskas? Yeah. Three-point shooter from uh, Michigan, I think. Okay, and Dougie McDermott. Dougie McBuckets. Creighton, right? Dougie Creighton McBuckets. Guy. Oh, yeah. Yep. Big McMarch man. Yeah. Great. I will say. Okay, okay in, but at the time, yeah. In defense I can't of my take. Fall, I can't fault. So my, the, the point I'm making here is that Ricky, Ricky Rubio, for years, the biggest problem with the Timberwolves is they had this mm-hmm. passing and this like magician point guard who couldn't knock his own shot down, and then they didn't have any shooters around him. At one point, they did bring in Kevin Martin, and then Kevin Love started shooting threes. But like, they never had three point shooters. Remember the Kevin Martin shot? Oh, it was, it was like hideous. cross space. But so I mean, it was, it was he was damn good. Yeah. It worked for him. He could hit it. Like it. Like just, if it works, and, you know what? That's yeah. a scouting tweet. Ah, that's yeah. fine. And Stauskas and McDermott coming out of college were great shooters. Right? I'm just I don't, I don't, disappointed. Are those guys no even play. in the NBA anymore? No. no, I don't think they are. I think Dougie Mc, uh, did, did he go overseas? Yes, probably. He did. Dougie Buckets went overseas. Let me just see. Dougie McBuckets. It was a quick run for him. Oh yeah, he was. Uh, no, he was with the Pacers last year. Oh, he was okay. Yeah, he, actually. Oh, Dougie McBucket scored ten points a game with oh, the Pacers. Oh, I didn't know that, dude. He shoots forty four percent. Come on, Mister NBA. That take holds up. I didn't fault you for it. That okay. take the first one. The first one I enjoyed. The first one I enjoyed. Oh, okay. December twentieth, twenty seventeen. So now we're now we're uh, past the Ricky Rubio tenure here. Oh, this um, is when someone we're said, I can't help but think how good this Wolves team would be with Ricky instead of Teague. He would be such a better fit. I disagree with this. Teague has flaws. He's a better overall player than Rubio, and he can make a shot. For that Tom Thibodeau team, I stand by that take. Okay. You still think he's a better overall player? Jeff, at, Jeff at, the, at the time of this tweet, Ricky Rubio was okay. Ricky Rubio is a better player now than he was three or four years ago. Okay. I So I stand by that tweet. Okay. Now, we're literally splitting hairs. Like, Jeff Teague and Ricky Rubio are, sure. at the time of that, were even like the 15th and 16th best point guards in the NBA. Sure. Just different types of players. Okay. All right. Interesting. I got you. I got you. And we got more. We're not done yet. Just that, that we're, we're going to get there. And Judd, you have some too, so you don't, don't think you're not off the hook either. Darn. Um, March 3rd, 2018. Rubio has never played in a playoff game in a sport where more than half the team make it and make it and individual great players carry a ton of influence. He's, He's just, just a, guy. a guy. Yeah. He's just a guy. This is where your your uh, relationship with Ricky really had gone south, though. Yep. It's true. And we're getting like yeah, by it's now a slow build. Yeah, the marriage had deteriorated. Yep. Right? like this, you were picking on everything by now. This by this point, it was it wasn't even about Rubio anymore. It was less about Rubio, and it was more about the people that thought Rubio yeah. was something. And, they, want. they thought he was a unicorn. Still, it's like, dude, it, <laughs> he's not the he's not the sixteen year old in the you know Olympics or whatever. It's, it is it is uh, comparable, I think, to the present day cousins fight. Okay, yeah, it's not even as. Like you Much get this? Cousins. No, you don't understand. No, I do. I do. But let's you just, don't understand. Let's just have a conversation instead of you coming off the top rope at me mm-hmm. with my cousin's takes. A hundred percent. Yeah. 
All right. <laughs> Who's worse? Wiggins or Rubio apologists? Probably Rubio apologists. Excuse me. Probably Rubio apologists oh, yeah, because is... at least Wiggins <laughs> still has ceiling left July 24th, 2017. I can't believe oh, this is only boy. three years ago that we were having these yeah. debates. Yeah. Oh, my God. Look at me at like 10.39 p.m. Yeah. Just firing you off You're fighting angry. realistic Randy. It's realistic, oh, realistic Randy. Randy. It's probably a, you're probably fighting me- him. No, I'm not, actually, I'm not fighting him. He seems to be agreeing that those two guys are. Oh, okay. Yeah, so you're, right, you're right. You're right. You're right. A couple yeah, of neat whiskeys in, I'm sure, for Phil Mackey and the uh, Ricky Rubio takes. Nothing wrong with that, Dex. No, no, nothing wrong with that. I stopped from tweeting last night. That's why I did that. Um, <laughs> all right. November 13th, 2017, Ricky Rubio, one of the single worst shooters in NBA history, is taking twice as many three-pointers per game in his previous high. Doesn't seem like an optimal strategy, but don't you think that the NBA is becoming more of a three-point shooting league, so shouldn't the guy be taking three-pointers? Not if he can't make them. But he's improving his three, he's improved his three-point shots since leaving Minnesota. Yeah, but yeah, at, this is at three this time years he ago. hadn't. Yeah, okay. yeah this okay. was, just, just so people know like the statistics here. Mm-hmm. It was bad. I feel like this is not a terrible showing in old tweets exposed. There's this is a lot of good stuff worth digging up because this is this is something we I still like the first out. one the most. So that's just me personally. Ricky Rubio's three point percentage, twenty nine percent. This is with the Timberwolves, thirty three percent, twenty five percent, thirty two, thirty. Then he gets to Utah, thirty five. Last year with Phoenix, thirty six percent. So he's not. He's certainly not JJ Redick, but right. He's improving his three point, and he's percentage. not here to shoot it this time either. <laughs> Well, he will. He'll shoot. He'll, he'll shoot, shoot some. Right, he knows where he can not. make them from. That's good. Yeah. All right, Judd, you have one here from. I feel like this. This can't be that bad. No, it's not horrible. Uh, this is from 2011. Ricky Rubio delaying his arrival in Minnesota might have been the best thing he could have done for the Timberwolves. Ooh, Judd Column here. And a Judd Column. Let's see if we click. Well, we'll see what happens here when you oh, click. It's going it. to go to nothing. I think it's, it's a, a dead link. Now. It's, it's a dead it, link. Yeah. Yeah. It's a dead link. It's a dead link. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably for the best. You there. see, because I was saying that he developed his skills in, in Spain okay. in, in those two years after being drafted in 2009. This was probably a very well thought out column. Much Lost like my current column, archives. which you can find at scorenorth.com right now on right. the return of Ricky Rubio. Obviously, uh, I self-report on my own tweets because there's yeah, let's a see lot a of drunk receipts. Dex tweets. All I have... right. This is college Dex for sure. This is 2013. Loaded. Uh, it's 4 o'clock, so I might have been just a couple in here. Uh, does anyone not remember that Derek Rose just turned 25? If Grant Hill and Ricky Rubio are able to come back, I'm sure Rose will be just fine. <laughs> so, yes, I did compare Ricky Rubio, Grant Hill, and Derek Rose all in the uh, same you did. What's uh, What was the, the Grant Hill-Ricky Rubio tie-in there? Just so they both uh, just, hurt their knees very, or whatever? Yeah, just superiorly hurt, and so was Derek Rose. So was I'm this sure. the first Rose uh, tournament? Uh, the first have, time? Yeah, he might have like just come back from the injury, I think. The play, playoffs, right? He got yeah, hurt in the playoffs. Yeah, no. got, I think in 2012 he got hurt in the in the playoffs is when he had okay. his insane year. And you know what? To, to validate your take here, did Grant Hill or Ricky Rubio ever drop 50 in a game after their severe knee injuries? That's right. They did I don't not. think they did. They did not. I do have one more um, Ricky Rubio tweet. This is from 2015. I love so. how you're arguing with someone here. Dude, you're something. I can't remember what the rest of it said there. Yeah, I don't want to get into who I was <laughs> arguing with because it could be even more detrimental. All right, last one here. Uh, I'll say this about the Wolves. This is from February 11, 2015. If you remotely think Rubio's overrated, you are so wrong. <laughs> also, oh. so he was fighting Phil Mackey. Uh, at the, so I you probably were one was. Of the guys, so were you one of the apologists? Were you yeah. sub? Were you subtweeting me here? Maybe. Yeah, I you, might have. You were one I of the apologists. This dude. is pre-tenure at pre-first tenure at fifteen hundred ESPN. So might have been. Might have been. Might have been a at pmac twenty one. Oh boy, I just forgot the handle. And like and like overrated. This is okay. One more thing on this Rubio, like. My my Rubio hatred, I guess. I don't know. I've always liked him as a human. And I think overrated, underrated is my beef here. And that, mm-hmm. like, I always say the gap between expectations and reality is where all the angst and anger lies. And the reality has always been, and, he, and again, he's better now than he was five years ago. The reality has always been he is a table-setting point guard who can't shoot really very yeah. well. He's got a couple spots now where he can shoot from, and he's found those. And at the time, he barely could convert at the rim. Like, there was a year with the Timberwolves where his shooting percentage between zero and three feet, so at the rim, was 33%. (laughs) 33%. He would either get blocked or he'd, like, he'd always go in too hard with the underhanded layup, and it would bank off the backboard too hard. Yes. And so... So my point was always, he's certainly valuable, Mm -hmm. but people think he's this unicorn, and he's not, and that's what my fight was about. And they got defensive about it. 
Like super defensive. And then I would get defensive. And then you would get drunk and mad at them. And then Dex would jump in and rip you. But he subtweeted you, so you didn't see what Declan tweeted. And now listen. And it became a vicious cycle. Who would have thought? And now I would say five more years and wisdom for both Ricky and myself. It's made him a better player. It's made me not better. But, like, he's a better player. I think the lesson, though, I think the lesson is very simple. I think the lesson is, and I'll never understand people that irrationally or blindly defend players. It's like all players, for the most part, have flaws, which is fine. Um, But that's the context of of a conversation about that player, right? Like, that's the key thing. Like, Kirk, Kirk's the prime. Kirk is, look, if Kirk made 9 or 10 mil, we'd all be like, this is unbelievable, right? Right. But, I mean, that's the conversation. I've never gotten fans who just are, are like, oh, no, 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 he's great. You don't get it. It's like, okay, that's, or, not, that's not the conversation. Or you take the one like the one outlier and say, well, what about that Saints game? And to which I say, <laughs> You're right. yeah, like, dude, he was amazing <laughs> in the second half of that game. He's a, he, he is, a, let's say, like an average quarterback who played the best game of his career. Mm-hmm. That's that's what happened. Nick Foles did that with the Eagles in the Super Bowl and in the NFC Championship. And then trolled the Vikings by doing the skull on the field. Yep. By, by the way, Ricky Rubio's effective field goal percentage since leaving Minnesota, 46%. In Minnesota, it was 39%. So he has made a significant jump in his in his shot. Uh-oh, Declan's upping efficient. the expectations. Here we go again. <laughs> Here we go again. Rubio's great. Raise the expectations so you can Hall of Famer. punch him down that's later, right? right? All right, that's a wrap on this Wolves Draft Night recap episode of Mackie and Judd. Be sure, again, to check out our daily Vikings conversations on the Purple Daily Podcast. And uh, if you haven't already, check out our, our secondary, uh, I should say secondary, I mean, it's secondary only because we launched it second, not because the quality is any less, but YouTube channel, youtube.com slash scorenorthmn, and we'll see you guys for Action Movie Rewind Friday. Oh, I got it. Die oh, Hard oh, do I have two. thoughts? Do I have thoughts? This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.